0: Here we go. It's Rumination Tuesday, August the 2nd, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. With me will be Pastor Mark Smith as we take a look at a hymn for this coming Sunday, which is the ninth Sunday after Pentecost, August the 7th, 2022. And it's entitled, O Little Flock." fear not the foe. This hymn text has been ascribed to various people. Originally, it was ascribed to King Gustavus Adolphus of Sweden because a pamphlet had appeared where he had sung this hymn prior to a war that was taking place and it was during the Thirty Years' War, 1618 to 1648. However, it's generally unquestioned now that, yes, the king actually sang this song, but it does not follow that he was its author. It took till 1935 when a man named Bert Kitzig published a comparison with 6,000 pages of known works by Jacob Fabricius, chaplain to Augustus Adolphus. And he concluded that Fabricius was the author and also of this hymn. Today, O Little Flock is generally attributed to Fabricius, an accomplished composer, is credited with an early musical setting of it, but not the text itself. This conclusion is based both on Kitzig's work on a brief reference in a 17th century manuscript chronicle indicating that Gustavus Adolphus wrote a prose version of this hymn shortly before the Battle of Lutzen and that at his request, Fabricius wrote the versified version. Originally in three stanzas, additional stanzas were added during the early decades with as many as 25 stanzas in a hymnal from 1673. The text can be read on two levels. First, the immediate occasion at the 17th century battle of Lützen, in which the little flock is in defense of the evangelical cause, fighting the opposing army. And the second way is the little flock is the church, which always stands in the midst of a hostile culture and world, this is the hymn of the day for Proper 14C. So, Pastor Smith, are you familiar with this hymn?
1: Yes, I've always liked it. I've always liked. It. I've used it a lot. Um, I, I, I appreciated the, the historic historical background behind it, and. Uh, uh but i i i very much like it and and we'll be using it this sunday in fact
0: now what is found interesting is in our hymnal what's the number of the hymn
1: yes i wondered if you'd bring that up it's number 666 yes <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and yet it talks about our defense against satan and and that's right. really good that we don't have to worry about 666 which is often referred to as satan himself i was trying to figure out which of the bible verses that are found in the ninth sunday of pentecost would be appropriate and i well, don't know the, if you looked at them
1: the uh the gospel
0: yes uh, the yes. gospel
1: talks about uh have no fear i think it i think the word uh i believe it says have no fear little flock it is the Father's goodwill to give you the kingdom. That's 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 a very loose um, rendition, but I think that's
0: what it says there. Exactly, and that's really what the hymn is talking about. And now, I was surprised that at one time it had twenty-four verses. Yes, well, I had no idea I had that many. I'd like to, I'd like to,
1: you know, have had that before me and uh, take a look at it at least.
0: Well, it really does show that the evangelicals, which were those of the Reformation time, evangelical means gospel, uh, the Lutherans, use this even prior to wars, and that it was a hymn that was sung. How many times do you know of our armies today that go into battle after singing a Christian hymn? I'm not aware of it. Are you? No, but, uh, you know, I, I'll
1: tell you, this would be one I would use. Uh, I remember, oh, I remember a scene, I think it's from the movie uh, Gettysburg, where, uh, you know, they actually showed the clergyman uh, leading a service before before the Union troops and preparing them for battle. And this this would be a good one for
0: that. Yes. Now, that still does occur today. In fact, I don't know if you have the latest reporter, but it's got an article about the chaplaincy. And, uh, you know, there are some rules that are being made that would contradict biblical theology as to what a chaplain can say or not say to soldiers on the field. And so that's something they're struggling with right now. Right. Because some folks are saying, well, you shouldn't be talking about Jesus. Yeah, I mean, that's I, ridiculous. I,
1: I wish I wish we had uh, Dr. Martin Charlemagne who was himself a brigadier general in the US Air Force and uh he was a chaplain of course. He yeah. would be he would be a good contender for the truth at a time like this. He really would. God rest
0: him. Yeah, I I had him for a number of courses. One of the best ones was the Passion Narratives of Jesus and the Seven Words from the Cross. And at the end of that class, he gave us a sermon he had written on the basis of the seven words of the cross, and it was that sermon that I used at his funeral uh, yes. to remind people uh, how much he was involved with Jesus and the seven words from the cross.
1: Yeah, I still have that sermon. In fact, I've used it a number of times uh, on Good Friday. Yes, part of the Tenebrae. Yes, a good-
0: yeah, it's a great Good Friday. Now, we're not on the air on Good Friday, so I haven't used it for some years. But uh, I made copies of it and gave it out, etc. In fact, the way I was able to make copies, in the class, the whole class was tape recorded all 10 weeks. And you can go to the library and listen to all 10 weeks. What I did, I took the last week, his last class, which was a sermon, and then I typed it up, and that's what I had used. Yes. Yeah, he just so happened to be the pastor at where I was at for 28 years, St. James Lutheran. He helped found that church.
1: Yeah, I really feel privileged that I, that I took a, a number of his classes that went at the seminar. I feel very privileged that was able to sit at his feet, so to speak.
0: Well, you really had to do your homework, though, with him, didn't you?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember those guiding questions. He'd give everybody, yeah. he'd give you guiding questions, and then he'd go through the class, and you never knew whether you were going to be called on him or not. And uh... Yes,
0: to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. That was a good way of teaching, for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that he had 15 steps to do before a sermon? Yes. Yes,
1: it was 15. 15 as opposed to usually you know some of them gave 12 steps but his yes.
0: was 15. Do you have a copy of that?
1: Oh, I I I think I probably do. I kept I kept all my seminary notes. I I bet I do somewhere.
0: Oh, I would love to have it. I just got a call from a pastor and we were talking about Dr. Charlemagne and he asked for me to send him his 15. And I know I've got his notes, but boy there are just boxes and boxes of yeah. notes from the seminary. So if you could find that for me, I think I can. And, I'll
1: dig it up for you.
0: Oh, that would be wonderful. Thank you yeah. very much. So you bet. Maybe we should get to the hymn for today.
1: That would probably be a good idea, Tom.
0: <laughs> All right, go ahead, Mark, on the first stanza.
1: O little flock, fear not the foe who madly seeks your overthrow. Dread not his rage and power, and though your courage sometimes faints, his seeming triumph o'er God's saints lasts but a little hour.
0: Now, a good example of this, would you say that Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when they were betrayed by Satan, that this verse fits them? Um,
1: hmm. No, I really hadn't thought of Adam and Eve in connection with this. I was, uh, before you called, I was trying to find that little passage that talks about uh, Satan being unleashed for a little season toward the end of time. And I wondered if that's what this was referring to.
0: Well, I think it can refer to any time that someone is tempted. And if you think about it, it was because of Satan's rage and power against God that he lied to Adam and Eve that they would become like God. The way they thought, of course, was not the way that Satan meant it. But be that yeah. as it may, that only lasted a little hour because yeah. well, what what came after it? Yeah, Genesis well, I think
1: Genesis you know, three fifteen. Yeah, right. I also think of that of the uh, the words of our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he says uh, he says something to the effect that this is your hour, and uh, what the power of darkness.
0: He says that of Satan. Do you recall that? No. Uh, Was that dealing with the disciples?
1: Was he saying that to his disciples? this is your, this is Satan's hour and the power of darkness.
0: Well, it certainly was because of course, that's when he was arrested by Judas. Right, right. And that's what I'm Judas, thinking Judas, of. of course, had uh, become Satan's way of getting Jesus arrested. He had worked with the Pharisees in telling them, you know, they'll be in the Garden of Gethsemane, come and you'll be able to arrest him because the Mm -hmm. people will not be there to protect him. Right. So that was a little flock, for sure. And we need not dread his rage and power. What is today happening in the world that we would need not to dread his rage and power?
1: Well, they say there's more persecution going on these days than any other time in history. That's what I've always heard.
0: Yes. And when these people die, especially overseas, from radical Muslims, etc., it seems like it's a triumph over God's saints, but it really isn't, is it?
1: No, it isn't. Uh, uh, Tom, you might remember that beautiful picture in Pritzloff Hall that shows God's saints being encircled and surrounded by the the forces of evil. Do you remember seeing that picture hanging in Prince Love Hall? You know what I'm talking now, about? Prince
0: Hall is at the seminary you're talking right. about, Concordia Seminary, and I do not recall that picture. Oh, I'll
1: tell you, you got to go up there just to look at that. I've, 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 I, every time I go in there, I look at that picture, and it, it shows the hordes of hell encircling uh, this small group of saints. And uh, that—that's an appropriate illustration of this, of this verse.
0: And, and so, why should Christians today not fear the foe who is the devil? Well, because it lasts
1: only a little hour, as we're told in the in the in the verse. And it said, it says in the second verse at least, his Gideon shall for you arise. Uh, well, we let's know that wait is. until we
0: get to the second yeah. verse before we oh, talk okay. about it. All right, you go ahead. Uh, all righty. Be a good cheer. Your cause belongs to him who can avenge your wrongs. Leave it to him, our Lord. Though hidden yet from mortal eyes, his Gideon shall for you arise uphold you and his word now you mentioned gideon can you give us the story of gideon
1: well gideon was one of the judges that god raised up you know during the period of judges the people of israel would uh they would grow weak and they would uh be unfaithful and they'd yep. wander away from the truth and from god's will and uh all of a sudden you know god would test them by sending enemies for to struggle against them and then of course the people would look they'd look for help from heaven and god would raise up these judges as we call them and Gideon is one of them that he raised up uh to battle against the enemies of israel let's see what well was, said the 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 midianites weren't, were and he raised he raised just a small group of warriors just a small group, and uh, destroyed the the, the Midianites uh, by, uh, by causing com- confusion among their ranks, and just wiped them out.
0: Who was the judge that uh, was tied up and blinded and tore down the temple in which these people were in?
1: Samson. Samson was another judge.
0: Yes, and that wasn't with Midianites. That was with another group, but... This was a very parallel thing. It happened a number of times, and you really said it well. They first were rebelling against God, Israel, becoming idolatrous. He therefore sent them uh, enemies, and they then recognized their sin, prayed to him for help, sent a judge, and then the thing just kept on going around again and again. That was why the book is called the book of Judges. Very interesting. So.
1: Yeah, in connection with that, Tom, when it says his Gideon shall for you arise, uphold you with his word. he's He's got to be referring to Christ there, don't you think?
0: Well, that's because at the end he says uphold you and his word. That's Right. And that's
1: and that his is capitalized, so it's it's got to refer to Christ, that Gideon. Yes, yeah, I've never thought uh, of Gideon as being a a type uh, or foreshadowing of Christ, but uh, that that hymn certainly presents him as such.
0: And I think it's really talking about the 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 verse is talking about God the Father, right? Because it says, "His God, his Gideon shall for you arise, uphold you." and his word yes right and of course in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word is God and verse 14 of John chapter 1 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us that definitely is Jesus Christ so oh oh, you're
1: you're saying that the the final word in that in that verse that's capitalized you think that's referring to Jesus then himself
0: absolutely
1: okay all right i guess it's
0: because it says uphold you who will uphold you that's god the father god the and father. his word right yeah very good and so that's why we not need fear because with god we leave it to him our lord now that's a very important verse there uh remember i had a theme about what forgiveness means forgiveness does not mean that you're now happy with a person or that you now like them or that you forget what they've done. It means that you remember what Jesus says that he says in this verse, he uses the word vengeance, and what does he say
1: he says uh, he says to him Who can avenge your wrongs, leave it to him our Lord.
0: But the verse that I'm talking about is God says vengeance is Mine mine. I will
1: repay, says the Lord. Yes. That's
0: right. That's what forgiveness is, where we don't take revenge, vengeance, or avenge the wrongs that we have that have happened to us. It doesn't mean we can't go to the police and get help because that's going back to God. And so that's a really important thing about what forgiveness is. God does not avenge you for your sins. Who took upon himself right. the punishment of your sins? That's
1: right. He put the punishment on his own son hanging on the cross. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. We always get back to the cross. That's what law and gospel is all about. All right, uh, stanza three, please.
1: As true as God's own word is true, not earth nor hell's satanic crew against us shall prevail. There might a joke, a mere facade, God is with us and we with God. Our victory cannot fail.
0: Now I don't think I have ever met with a person who's going through a time when the devil is really upon them and I say oh it's just a joke. <laughs> no, but but
1: we do. We can. You know, we can although the, the satan is is real and uh we need to be mindful that, as Peter says, he's like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That is true, but at the same time, we can—it's it, like the like the other hymn goes: um, uh, "One word can 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 uh, conquer him. He's he's reduced to nothing by Christ."
0: Yeah, that's uh Mighty Fortresses our God. Fortress. Where how does that about? verse go again? How how yeah. can I draw a blank no. now? No, you you are saying uh, one word tell him. I got an email from an individual. What do you think the word is that can tell uh, Satan? The word that I would tell Satan is be gone,
1: I'm baptized. But I've heard I've heard that word explained in another way. I heard it even in a sermon once mentioned what the word, what do you think the word was? I can't recall what the preacher said at that.
0: Well, I believe, and that's the reason I was criticized, that I thought the word was Jesus. Uh-huh. You know, you say that against it. But then Martin Luther, this writer told me, had written something uh, yeah. explaining it, And he said, no, the word that he had in mind against Satan was the word liar. No
1: kidding, liar.
0: And when you refer to Satan as a liar, then you prevail against him because every time he tempts you, it's always a lie.
1: That is right, that is right absolutely he's the father of lies as jesus himself said he's a liar from the beginning and he's the father of lies
0: well said that's a good verse to remember there and so that's what luther said was this explanation of one little word can fell him in the mighty fortress is our god right right all righty stanza four please
1: amen lord jesus Grant our prayer. Great captain, now thine arm make bare. Fight for us once again. So shall thy saints and martyrs raise a mighty chorus to thy praise forevermore. Amen.
0: Now we have that word amen at the beginning of the stanza and at the end, and what does amen mean? Yea, yea, it shall be so. Yeah, it's kind of a thing that we believe what we have just sung is a promise and therefore by saying Amen we say that God will fulfill what he has said in this hymn. And that's kinda is, like when we
1: say it's kinda like when we say absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's good. Right. Uh I talked about hope yesterday and I said a lot of times we use the word hope in a wrong sense from the Bible, like are you going to get a new car? And you say, well, I hope so. See, that's just a wish. Yeah. Whereas well, ours is a, hope, it's, a,
1: it's a sure and certain hope.
0: Yes. When we ask, are we going to heaven? We can say, yes, I know, because that is my hope. And the hope is based on the promises of God. Now, try and explain, thine arm make bare.
1: Yeah, then I'm. Roll up your sleeves.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that would be a good way of saying it for today.
1: Yeah, roll up your sleeves and strike them with your right arm. Well, you know, I always think of Jesus as being God's right arm man.
0: Well, that's not bad, that thine arm may bear, therefore, would be referring to Jesus himself. Mm hmm because it says lord jesus grant our prayer great captain now thine arm make bare does that ever happen you you have some military background where the arms are bare Where
1: well, the arms are bare well i mean it, it, i don't know you think of like you think of a couple guys that are that are uh, slugging it out in a fight And you, you roll up your sleeves or you take off your coat. Um, yeah, that's true. That's good. Um, let's see. What else was I going to say? Oh, um, I know I make big fight for, well, we've run out of time. I'm afraid he's the Christ is the great captain of the Sabaoth,
0: the army of angels. Sabaoth refers to the army of angels. Right. Thanks very much, Pastor Smith, and helping us with Old Little Flock, Fear Not the Foal. And we'll give you another reason tomorrow on Law and Gospel as we examine Solomon's Proverbs, Why There's No Reason to Fear the foe. I'm Tom Baker, Mark Smith. God bless you.